We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are recording 10 a.m. Saturday morning, August 14th in Las Vegas. Is that I what day it is? I think we deserve credit for recording before noon. <laughs> yes. Well, your boy over here is is working on zero hours of sleep, which, to be fair, is not that uncommon. So, I mean, isn't that what the city's all about? <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, that's kind of what my life is about. So, yes, but that this city is is definitely about that. All right, so we got to see the uh, the Warriors prospects last night. Pretty pretty exciting to see them in person. So I want to start there. Okay. I'm assuming that's the first time you've seen Moses Moody and Jonathan Kuminga play in person. Yes, in person it is the first time I've seen them. Um, what were your initial impressions? Because I always feel like, you know, everyone <laughs> seeing guys in person gives you a different perspective than watching on a TV screen. And especially in something like Cox Pavilion, where you're like, might as well be sitting next to the coaches. You know, you're like two rows up. You, you really. Yeah, if you had brought your shoes, you could have played. Yeah. Um, so. Kaminga is a little skinny is not is not fair to him, but he's a little smaller, um, not height wise, but a little smaller. His, his body that is was, a little. That was what I thought too. I thought he was. Uh, he looked bigger on TV. In person, he looked very much like a teenager. Let's hope. Uh, but his his athleticism um, pops even more in person. I don't think <laughs> you and I watched and sat together and watched the game. I don't think um, his game popped that much yesterday, at least. Flashes. But his athleticism uh, is is undeniable. Uh, you and I talked yesterday about I don't if he's even playable. Um, his turnovers concern right. me, but his athleticism is 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 going to be a thing if the skill stuff gets there. Um, his athleticism, he will be able to translate. Whatever he can do, he will be able to translate to the NBA because his athleticism is, I mean, is a real thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even like even by NBA standards, um, he is he is an upper-tier athlete Ob- even by NBA standards. Obviously, everyone saw the dunk that brought the house down. That's just a perfect example of the athleticism. But yeah, so my, my take on it, like the first thing I was looking at, I was like, he's a little taller than I thought. Mm-hmm. He looked very much like a legit 6'8". Yeah. 
um, and a little skinnier than I thought. Uh, but he does have like the broad shoulders and the frame. Like he's gonna be two hundred thirty some pounds. Oh, at least at, yeah. when he fills out his body. So at it's least. like you you see he's going to have, he, he has the potential to have like a Kawhi type of frame and like that type of like muscular build and stuff like over time, of course. Yeah, no, I, I think, I, and I think it's likely that he gets there and not, not necessarily to that game level, but uh, as far as body type, I think he will get there. You mentioned his, his the shoulders. I think he will fill out. Um, you, you often see a very big jump in guys' bodies in the first couple of years, they're right. in NBA weight programs. And, and it looks like he has the ability to put on like 15 to 20 to 30 Without good, losing. good pounds. And, and that's really what it comes down to is like, can he put it on while not losing a step? And he definitely appears to be the type of guy who he can be, he can play at 230. And, oh, absolutely. And so, so that's, I, like, he could play, I think he can play heavier than that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you which and you and the all? goons, you and the, you and the goons were well. You were on Twitter uh, talking about his handle and uh, making fun of the current, well, not even not really current, but last year's Warriors roster about that. Uh, his ball handling was better than a bunch of guys. Um, his ball handling looked pretty loose to me uh, uh, yesterday, and that's gonna be and that's gonna be a big thing for him because for well for two reasons. One, because he likes to get downhill basically all the time. His favorite thing to do is to try to get to the rim from anywhere and then if that doesn't work he's going generally going to take a, a pull up <laughs> a yeah. mid-range pull up so the handle i think i think the the main thing that's going to obviously you know as a jump shooter that kind of limits your your, your how good of an nba player you are but I think tightening up the handle is the first thing that needs to happen because that's what's going to allow him to get to the rim, which is ha- what he wants to do all the time. Do you think he has a better handle than Wiggins, or he's just stronger? Because I don't. I no, I don't my- think it. You know what? I don't think it's either. I don't. He, I don't think he has a better handle than Wiggins, and I don't think he's stronger than Wiggins yet. But what I do think is he is more willing to accept and even create contact. That, so I think he's goes, he's more yes. willing he's more willing to use those things right. than Wiggins is. So Wiggins think, is stronger think, than him and Wiggins has a better handle than him, but Wiggins does not put his imprint on the game like even Kuminga as a So you're saying it's a mentality thing, not a Correct. Yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. He one of the most exciting things about him is that he has that mentality. Probably the most annoying thing about the Warriors um really since KD left uh is they just they don't have guys who want to get to the cup. They don't have guys who want to get to the free throw line. And like Kuminga, I don't know if he's going to be able to make his free throws. I think he's like 60-some percent in summer league, which yeah. take it for what it is. But it's also what he did in the G League bubble. But he doesn't seem afraid to you know, get himself to the and line. You know what? That, that was one of the other things I was going to say in seeing him in person is that like the jumper needs a lot of work. I don't. It's not broken. The jumper needs a lot of work. But... His free throws, the form looks really good. The form looks good. So I have some hope that he'll turn into a, you know, mid to high 70s free throw shooter. Yeah, and I I think so too. And watching him in pregame, he, I mean, he's like all NBA players. He was hitting standstill threes at like 80% in warmups, you know? Yeah. So it's not like he's incapable of shooting, but it's like you could see when the game was going, the pace picked up, mechanics maybe weren't the way he wanted to practice it. It's just like, you know, that's the thing that's going to happen. I do think someone someone brought up this question. Um, okay. This, this, is, jumper, this is a good time for this because Liverpool is uh, – I'm watching jumper, Liverpool. Whose jumper are you buying long-term? 
more? Kuminga or Wiseman or or the same? Wiseman. Oh, okay. Wiseman. Um, just because I, I've seen it, I mean, at, at an NBA, in NBA games, sure. I, I, have, I have seen it. Um, but <laughs> I come on to, every time I come on your show, I'm always buying all the Wiseman stocks. So I'm a, uh, like a, a Wiseman true believer, uh, even still, uh, which was one of the things that stuck out to me yesterday. Wiseman w- was, was around the bench, behind the bench. He is a, he's just a monster. I mean, I, I've seen Wiseman in person before, but um, he's, he's a monster. He is a, he, there just aren't those guys even in the NBA. So, but to answer the question quickly, my very, answer, my very, answer is wise. Very large human. Uh, yes, that, that is, that is, that is a, a correct and accurate and precise statement. So one thing where, and we have this question from, uh, uh, at Shik Dave, he goes prospects of Kuminga as a long-term small ball five. In the context of, so the first thing I want to point out is like summer league's not really a league for bigs. So Correct. I'm, I'm not surprised. Correct. They're putting a bunch of lineups out there where he's like the tallest guy on the floor. Um, but do you think long term in the NBA, his position is going to be like a four or five, like Siakam, Draymond, those type of guys? No. Or, or do you think he's actually going to be like a, a proper wing? Neither. I think I think he's a four. Um, not three four, but like, but like, tending four, like a three point seven, let's say a, a three four who basically will play four. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that is incredibly valuable if you have like some of his. He doesn't have great ball skills yet, but you know he can handle. We were just talking about his handle. A four that can initiate some offense can handle um, a little bit. I think he sees the floor pretty well. That's the other thing I noticed, like. So that's the, that's Does interesting. He, do you think it's do you think he he sees the floor well and like physically can't make the passes because his passing has been pretty horrific. Yeah, it's not you on think target. That, do you think that you think that's what it is? You, is I, so that's that was one of the things I was wondering. Is it a, a seeing the floor and processing thing, or is it a like physical physical doesn't get the ball where it needs to go, throws it around the gym, throws I it just, out of bounds. What do you what do you take from it when he recognizes a shooter in the corner, but then he throws it, you know, to the second row? But and, he saw and, the, he saw and late the and late, by the way. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know. That was that was one is, of the things I was thinking about. Game speed thing? Like when things slow down, it'll be a little better. Like no one's expecting him to be, you know, uh prime Jason Kidd here or something like that. Right? <laughs> but it's like Anytime you can get a wing who has the ability to initiate some offense, that's a positive. Yeah, so, so I don't know the answer to that. I was in watching him yesterday. That was one of the things I was kind of trying to figure out. I think I don't know that he's playable this year because the turnovers are just good. I don't even think it's the shooting. I think it's the turnovers. Are, and it, like, is he going to play? Yes. But I think he is going to drive Steve Kerr and Steph and Draymond. There's nothing completely the Warriors insane. love more than dumb turnovers. Because I, yeah, it's, I, it's I just a like. Fit. <laughs> so for point guards, this is going to sound kind of like counterintuitive and kind of like sure. I'm I'm contradicting myself. But for point guards, like you know, college point or college point guards uh, that come to the G League or come to summer league and turn the ball over too much, I tend to not worry about it so much because the guys that they're playing with, they're, they're like turnovers versus assists, assist-to-turnovers right. ratio. I tend to not worry about it as much because a lot of times it's just the guys that they're playing with aren't any good right. and can't finish. 
um, and sometimes will drop the ball out of bounds. But with Kaminga, that hasn't been the case. With Kaminga, it's been him throwing the ball all over the gym. It's It hasn't been guys being unable to catch his passes or finish. Um, so I'm a little worried about that, and I think that is the main limiting factor for how much he gets on the floor next year. Not even so much uh, the shot. He'll he'll you know if he if he's going to pay I, attention defensively, he'll get in passing lanes I know, and use I know his athleticism. You get on the floor. It's like he's going to get minutes. It's a question: is does he get like high leverage minutes? And Correct. If he's throwing the ball over the place, he will not be closing halves or closing games and anything that matters so yeah i mean steve steve kerr will just staple him to the bench because he's not gonna have like you know you can't turn a turn the ball over four or five times as a guy that you know is, is playing 15 minutes um and he's gonna turn the ball over a lot in the nba at least at first the other thing i um noticed with him is like he carries himself like a star yes definitely like I think I said this to Andy on our last episode. I it's it's going to be hard to get him to buy into a small defined role because I don't think he's that type of player. It's it's going to be a boomer bust. I, yeah, like I, I agree got, with that. He he sees himself as a you know a superstar in the making. Well, and he I mean, carries himself. I, I I think reasonably so. Oh, I, uh, I'm I'm saying this is a positive. The oh no, I think the it, confidence I think, is good. I think it is a positive, but I also think some people just have confidence that you're not sure what it's based on, where it comes from. I think there is a a world in which he can use that athleticism, that size, that handle, uh, if it develops, if he gets a jumper. Like I, I think there is a world where he is one of the best handful of players in the league because wing, big wings with some skill um, and that kind of athleticism and size, like that's what the that's what everybody's looking for. That is what the NBA is based right. on. So, um, and you know, he was a a high enough level player at, I mean, whatever age we actually think he is, but at fifteen, at sixteen, at whatever mm -hmm. that you know, it's not it's not just anybody that gets to go, <laughs> you know, they, that goes and plays for the ignite. Those are like high level guys. So yeah. I, there is, it's not like unfounded where that confidence come from i think it is possible that he is you know one of the best players in the league at some point it's not gonna be anytime soon but at some point so um getting a lot of people on twitter asking various versions of this question okay what do you think his role is going to be next year not long term long what do you term? think andy's role is going to be the rest of this weekend <laughs> <laughs> is it, are we going to ever see him again or what do we think you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, what do I think his role is next season? Is he going to be in Santa Cruz? Is he going to be in the MIG team's rotation? Is he going to be playing 25 minutes a game, first wing off the bench? Is he going no. to be? I mean, <laughs> no to that. You you get what I'm going Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, because of his G League experience last year and because he was a, you know, he was the uh, – uh, fairly high level lottery pick um no hard, hard to send him to g league yeah i don't i don't think he's gonna i don't think he's gonna be a g league guy um i also don't think that he is going to be a like regular rotation guy i think he's i think get he, the steve kerr yo-yo minutes huh yes mm -hmm. that would be that would be my supposition um I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about moses moody in a little bit but i think it's more likely that he has a like consistent rotation role um, Kaminga is going to play. Um, 
you know, he's going to play 10 or 15 minutes a night. I think, you know, if uh, I think he'll also get the up 30, down 30, you know, here, here's an extra eight minutes that you weren't going to play that sure. you don't play normally in, in the rotation. Um, so, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's I don't think he's going to be in the G League. I think he's going to be on the team. I think opening night, he's going to play eight minutes or 12 minutes or something. Right. Um, and then I think there will be two, three, four game stretches where he doesn't play because, you know, it's not going well and, and Steve just won't do it. Um, but I, he's like a, he's going to be the eighth man, the ninth man, the 10th right. man. I mean, he'll play, but not, you know, like who is Steve Kerr going to put in games that, that, well, otherwise he's going to chase wins is another question. But um, like he's not going to play. He's going to play Damian Lee instead. He's not going to play Kaminga. Um, so let's get to Moody then. Yeah. You brought him up, and I meant to get there too. What were your initial impressions of him in person? Uh, he, he made a bunch of jump shots last night, and the jump shot looks like it's there. Um, he, Very smooth. Yeah, there are definitely things that worry me about him, but – foot speed yeah i mean he can't move uh he has really heavy feet and he uh tries to do some things off the bounce he tries to attack off the bounce and he just can't get by guys I'm because i'm wondering he, how much of that's just a summer league thing like i, I just don't well, think it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be harder yeah yeah that's true yeah the role is different but it's gonna be harder to to explore any of that stuff against the real guys um but he does really. He does some stuff that just helps winning. He, you know, is taking charges. Um, he knows where to be. He's gonna shoot forty percent from three, just over and over and over and over again. Um, if he's open, he's hitting it. Like that's the yeah. one thing. So I was like NBA ready three point shot. Um, it's a little slow. Uh, the yeah. release is a little slow. Um, but but he should get an extra split second with Steph on the floor. Correct. Um, you know, obviously the rotations and the closeouts are, are a little quicker in the NBA. So uh, in some respects, he'll be less open than he is sure. now. But in some respects, he's, he'll have more room because, you know, depending on who he's playing with, depending on what lineups he's in, like you're you are leaving him, you know, to put extra pressure on Steph. You know, we'll see what Clay looks like, but uh, he's going to have some room. But those closeouts are going to come quicker. Um in, in the NBA, obviously. The other thing I noticed with him was uh, also a little bigger than I thought. Definitely. Are you talking about his, like, size or his height? Size. Like, shoulders. Like, he's going he's gonna to be able, another guy who should be able to put on some more weight and, like, yes. become a very strong defender over time. And this is, this. Is, I, I think he's going to, uh, yes. Uh, I don't know that, uh, you mentioned yesterday, uh, when we when we were watching him, that you thought like a comparison, a, a decent comparison is Danny Green, and I think that's I think that's like current Danny Green, or maybe you know the last few years Danny Green, sure. and I think it's I think it's a good one because um, I don't think he's going to be all that effective uh, guarding guys, point of attack guarding guys, right? But as far as a team scheme, as far as a help def as a help defender, and he was actually that was one of the things he was best at in, in college. He's a really good help defender. You know, he's going to slide in and take charges. Um, he had a he had a couple overhelps yesterday, but I think I think it's a good comparison that you made because Danny Green is not Danny Green has a reputation as a really good defensive player. Sure. At this point in Danny Green's career, it's mostly as a help defender off the ball that right. he really excels at, and you know can can obviously still shoot it. So, I think current Danny Green is a is a really good comparison that you made. Um, 
And if you get if that's who he is, uh, usually, that, usually that guy, those guys, those guys get paid. Those guys stick in the league, and that's that's and a good never, outcome at the as as a fourteenth pick. You generally can never have too many of them on your roster. In fact, Absolutely. you're always looking for one extra one. Everyone's Absolutely. always looking for an extra three and D I mean, guy. The the Warriors were looking for Danny Green actually this yeah. year. So Yeah, it's it's like not the flashiest like comp to make. Like, oh, he's gonna be like Danny Green, but it's like Yeah, I but those know, guys those there's, guys there's kind of a reason he's on winning teams every year. Correct. Though so, and those guys uh those guys uh affect winning. And look, like Danny Green, how many how many guys? It's not a, it's, it is not an accident that Danny Green has won titles in three different places, right? Like, you know, th- there aren't many of those guys in NBA history. You know, San Antonio and, and Toronto. We don't want to talk about t- that Toronto series, um, and then and then with the Lakers. But it, it's it's not by accident that Danny Green does that, and that everybody is looking for Danny Greens. And as I just said, like if you get that guy from the 14th pick, that that is that is good value. Yeah, it's, I was always a little uncomfortable. People were like, take him seven overall. I'm like, it's a little too low ups. Like, I would rather bust taking a guy with like the sky high ceiling at number seven than like just. So I think, I think the Warriors took the exact right guys for who was available at seven and 14. Someone like Moody at seven is like, you know, it's it's like hitting your, your eight iron off the, you know. Off the tee, just because you want to get it on the. <laughs> yeah, I heard you in uh, a couple pods ago. You and Andy talking. Andy lays up off the tee, and he's uh, Andy's six seven iron off the tee always. Um, such disgusting stuff. Like honestly, that's far more embarrassing than whatever he's doing right now. <laughs> uh, do we think he's showered yet since he since he got here? Yeah. Is he still? Is he still? You you sent the picture out. Is he still in that tank top? I saw him last late last night. And he still had the tank top on. So do we think he's still in the same tank top? Absolutely, it's Trey. It's Trey oh, Lance I'm on. Day. It's Trey Lance Day. Of course, he's wearing it today. Oh yeah, it was a Trey Lance. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on Andy's head. I ho- I actually hope to see him today, but I'm I'm on his head. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's tie this all together. This is uh, a question we got from Walter. What's the best worst-case scenario for this season for each of the prospects? Wiseman, Moody, and Kuminga. The best worst-case scenario. Best and Oh, best and worst. Best slash worst-case. Like, not like what do you think James Wiseman's going to be in four years? Yeah, like, yeah. What what is their what is the best case for each of those players this season? The best case for Wiseman is one stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, the best case for Wiseman is 
14, he averages 14 or 15 and 7 or something like that. He starts, he plays 25, 27 minutes a night. Um, he is a uh, not a minus on defense. You know, he's just like kind of a league yeah, average center you, like, on get defense. Me, get me to um, for him to make growth on defense more than offense. I'm, I'm cool if he does the same thing on offense. I think he, he shoots, you know, 35, 36% from three on a few attempts Bonnet. a night. Yeah. Uh, two or three, three maybe attempts a night. And he is able to be a not limiting factor on a Steph, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins group. I think that's, I think that's his best case scenario. It's going to be interesting how him and Draymond play together because that was kind of the unspoken thing last year. Like it just didn't work because Draymond can't shoot the ball. And uh, yeah, so, but I think a lot of that was uh, improper structure and improper role. I'd agree with you there. Um, I think that we didn't see nearly enough. So, so the part of the problem is I think, you know, I, I think um, Wiseman as a pick and roll partner with Steph can be like dominant. Um, but that also you want Steph doing playing pick and roll with Draymond because if it's Wiseman, I don't know what Draymond does offensively. Like Draymond, are we going to just, is he going to, he's not going to space well, out. And, what is he going to sit in the dunker that's, spot? Part no, of that's the Draymond issue where you're just like, yeah, if he's rolling to the rim and Wiseman's there, everyone knows he's trying to throw the lob. Sure. That's like 80% of the problem there. At no point are you like, well, maybe Draymond will finish through contact. But then there was also the problem of, like, it, you know, are we going to let Wiseman shoot it? And then, you right. know, and then kind of strangely, it seemed like he was forbidden from shooting him. And then Kerr said, no, you know, like, he can shoot him. But they just weren't letting him shoot him. Um, so I think, I think uh, like, deployment and scheme and role was part of the problem there. I think that Draymond and Wiseman can fit together. Um, like you want Steph having the ball basically always, but I, but Draymond Draymond handling the ball with Wiseman as a screener I think can work too, um, because obviously Draymond's a, a a really good playmaker, and if Wiseman's rolling, you have those lobs, and there's going to be more space there for those lobs. Obviously, you know that's coming, but if Clay and Steph are are spaced out, you know it it becomes a lot more difficult to tag Wiseman as a roller or to help. Right. Uh, if you've got the two greatest shooters in the history of planet Earth spacing out too. So um, best case for Kaminga, he's a, you know, w we like what we see from from the uh, the shot and the handle. He becomes, you know, like a normal rotation guy. Um, and he is able to pay attention enough to use those athletic tools as a defender. Ah, see, I got a different take for you. That, well, oh! I, actually, maybe not that different. So for me, best case for Kuminga is he gets up to speed on defense quicker than anticipated, so he has to play. If he can defend, he's going to be in the rotation. He may not close halves, but like Steve Kerr is going to play him if he can defend. Yeah, if he, if he can guard, he will. Um, I, think, I think his best thing, I, I think there is a world in which he is a like people are not going to like this, but, and this is, this is, I, I don't mean his, his game specifically, but like LeBron is about the best. I'm not about the best, but he is, he is an incredible, he was now he's just very, very, very good as a help defender. Sure. Like as a, as a, and I think 
Kaminga athletically can do some of those things, you know, like as a weak, weak side shot blocker. Right. He's not going to play center, right? He's going to be a 3-4 kind of like LeBron, but I think... They can't have everyone play center at the same time. So. <laughs> and they already got to get Wiseman minutes there, Draymond minutes there, you know, like... So, but I, I think, I think like, uh, if up to speed is a good way to put it, because I, I think if he is up to speed and kind of figures it out defensively, um, using that athleticism as a weak side shot blocker as a help defender, I think uh, is is uh, that's a fair best case scenario for him. Uh, also, the corner three, if he can hit that with any sort of consistency. The one thing I've noticed in summer league, and again, three games against, you know, it's not like the biggest sample. He looked comfortable taking the corner three. He did not look comfortable taking any three above the break. Those looked yeah. brutal. But from the corner, it was somewhat of a set shot, and it l- he hit a few of them. It looked like it's something he can do. So it's like if he can hit some corner threes, use his athleticism as a cutter, as a driver, and um, get after it on defense, I'll be thrilled. That would be an excellent year one for him. Yeah, so I agree with that wholeheartedly. I want to like I don't know how I want to I want to argue with you, that, but I don't know how realistic it is. But like that's you no, know I think it is I think it is realistic, and here's here's why because. Um, all that stuff that he does, uh, the above the break stuff mm-hmm. is off the bounce and it doesn't look good, but the corner stuff is him as a catch and shoot guy. And he looks a lot better as a catch and shoot guy. And the reason why I say it is realistic is because in, he has the ball basically always when he's on the floor here. Right. But, it's really yeah, but that's not going to be the case. I mean, he's making all the decisions. It, it hit GP2 some and, and Kyle Guy some too, but uh, Kyle Guy gets him up. It's, he, that, it's good. When he has the ball, it is going up. Um, but so with, with the real team during the year, you know, he's not going to be asked to and he's not going to be allowed to explore all of that stuff like he is here. So I think... Uh, his, his the the shot diet is going to tend more towards the catch and shoot stuff from for him from uh from from the corners you know off of Steph right, and off right. of Draymond and and whatever else so I I think it I think his shot diet is going to look better in the NBA than it does here. Got a few questions about GP two. Okay, he got his guarantee date pushed back. So basically twice, right? Yeah, he's basically going to get a shot at camp yeah. to earn the, the last roster spot. Bob Myers also said they need another ball handler. So whether they get someone in free agency or GP2 wins it, you know, they, they're definitely going to – the last roster spot's going to go to someone who can, quote-unquote, play point guard. Uh, what do you think – So I think the last roster spot should go to him specifically. You just don't think there's anyone else out there who it's even worth looking no, at? No, I mean, I think – I think I look, I think there are guys out there um, – I, like I, Avery Bradley. Yeah, I, I mean that he, that is a that is a basketball awful, player. That, awful uh, year last year, but good the year before. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention. I'm contractually forbidden from actually mentioning guys specifically. But yeah, uh, he he that the person that you just mentioned, I think, would be a good addition. But in some respects, it feels like a lot of those things, like if they were going to happen, would have already right. um, at this point in free agency. There are some guys out there that can that can play still that are that are unsigned, but. I think that look it always comes down to the jumper with with GP2 right. but I think you can do a lot worse for an end of the bench guy I like he he's an NBA athlete he's not going to make mistakes and he's going to guard 
he's going to guard you. And he's, he's got pretty good size. And so I think you could do a lot worse as a specialist, which is basically what he would be at this point. Yeah, because if I think you can do a lot worse. If everyone's healthy, Steph and Poole are taking all those minutes. It's just about yes. having another option for when guys are out or if you just need to throw a different look or something oh, like yeah, that. But yeah, but or, or if, uh, and this, is, this was kind of what, what he did some, how he was deployed some last year and basically throughout his NBA career, you know, his cups of coffee all over the place, is that he is a guy that is capable enough on offense that he's not going to get you in trouble. Right. He's not going to do things he can't do. But he is a guy that can change a game defensively. Uh, with his energy, I'm going to pick you up 94 feet. And he's a guy that he's also big enough that, you know, some of the two, two guards in the league and some of the wings, if they're getting cooking, you know, Devin Booker or, you know, some of those guys, if they're getting cooking, he is a guy that, uh, GP2 is a guy that you can put on those guys and say, just go, like, make his life miserable for a couple minutes. And what he has been doing, you know, he's got 12 points in the quarter. Like, that's enough of that. Just you, you go get book or yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you, you know, you, uh, whatever those kind of guys. What you go were, get what him. What they were hoping Wanamaker could do. Man, if I'm trying to have a, I'm trying the to idea of Wanamaker. I'm trying to have a decent. I'm trying to have. A, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to have a decent day. I've only had two Hennessy's so far, so Lots. I'm not. I am not ready for the Wanamaker <laughs> conversation. Uh, last question here yeah. from Complex Numbers, and okay. actually like two to three versions of the same question. Okay. Um, What's your prediction for Jordan Poole this season? Do you see him taking another big step? Uh, what do you see his role being? So I, I think should, I think I those two throw yeah. into this. By the way, Steve Kerr, when asked who's going to start at shooting guard because Clay is not starting the season, mm -hmm. uh, you don't think they're sandbagging that at all? No. I, you, th you think you think Clay does not is not. Uh, physically ready to start the season Correct. or okay so you think he's not it's not gonna like he's not gonna start but he's gonna play you think he just won't be available no, oh, until to, like you to, know a month or whatever to in. clarify if he is in uniform he will start Correct. Um, but I don't think he'll or be he should he won't be in uniform on opening night okay so and even when he comes back I think we all have to be honest with the fact he's gonna be on a minutes limit for like an extended period of time. And that's good because like ultimately you just want to get Clay to the playoffs healthy at this point. So to answer that question, I think Damian Lee probably is gonna start it too. Well, I don't know that that's me, the right let me, move. Let but me finish. Yeah. Steve Kerr said Jordan Poole has to be the leader in the clubhouse. With Clay out, he might get 30 plus minutes a game. Which was surprising because Steve Kerr not exactly been the biggest Jordan Poole guy right. for just obvious basketball reasons. Um, but Jordan Poole played so well down the stretch of the season there, like it became undeniable, particularly on that roster. Yeah. That you had to put him out there. And if you looked at the numbers, him next to Steph was like a plus 16 for them. Yep. And it just it gets to the larger point of like literally put anyone next to Steph who can semi-create their own shot and they're going to get a juiced impact. And it was he was the only guy on the roster who could do that. So right? Jordan Poole is is bigger than you think. Well, right. I mean, like Warriors fans know. I'm, uh, I, I don't know who I <laughs> I don't know who who I was admonishing there <laughs> by who, saying who, you. Who's the person who doesn't think this? Um, yeah. But that kind of terrifies me. Steph, like Steph and Jordan Poole playing together defensively is is it's, it's is, better than Dame and CJ, but it's definitely very much in that class of defensively. It's like there's. You can only do so much. It, I mean, it definitely has some early, 
early career uh, Steph and Monte, Monte Ellis vibes. Um, so it, it wor- that worries me. But, but I'm also okay with it if we're talking about 10 minutes a game they're playing together. Yeah, like but that's but the but the question was is he going to start? And if he's going to start alongside Steph, then that's going to be a lot more than that. Um, look, Jordan Poole, shout out Tommy. I, <laughs> I met Tommy for the first time, who uh, g- continuously gives me shit about me calling Jordan Poole a four A player. Um, Deserved. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been a little better. Um, so, but the, to answer the question, does he take another big jump? I think. And then, what is his role going to be? I think those questions have to be connected. Um, because I think he was a guy for a long time that also was not put in a, a good role. Um, Jordan Poole is pretty good off the ball, but Jordan Poole is a good passer. The handle's okay. Um, so I think that Jordan Poole probably, at least starts the season, will be and should be, hopefully, um, the backup point guard. Because yeah, I, th- I, I think he, I think he should have the ball. Six, man. They I want, think he should have the ball. They want to stagger his and Steph's minutes, and then you get them together to close some now, some quarters. Now, if he is, if he does have the ball, and if he is maybe the sixth man, you know, and you can kind of let him cook some, um, and if he does have the ball in his non-Steph minutes, then I think he can make, like, I, I don't want to say another leap or jump, but I think there can be some more incremental improvement to where he is a guy that is, you know, pretty. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna How about this? My, I think it is. I think it's take. possible. I have a hot take for. It. I think it's possible that Jordan Poole, uh, yeah, because Clay, depending on Clay, but I think it's possible Jordan Poole is the second leading scorer on the team. That was what I was about to say. I think he will be the second leading scorer on the team. I think it's for like him and Wiggins. I think him and Wiggins can both be high teens somewhere. So I think it's possible that Jordan Poole is the second leading scorer. That's that's where I'm at with it. I also think Clay is probably going to average 12 points in 25 minutes, something like that. You're you are you're more down on Clay than I think. You're down you're down on Clay. I am worried about the back-to-back lower body injuries and like I just think this season's going to be about slowly building his body up instead of what we saw with like KD and John Wall and some of these guys who came off of Achilles are like, "Oh, they Look the same. I, I just think because Clay. Why do you hate Clay? <laughs> or Rocco? You don't like Rocco? You don't like you don't Rocco's, like Rocco's my guy. You don't like boats? Why do you hate Clay? I'm all about the boats. Um, I just think the injuries are going to make this year. I just it feels like you are just selling a lie. Be like Clay's back and it's 2015 again, and you know it's like, buddy, he tore his ACL on the verge of coming back. He tore his Achilles. The season will start. He will only be 11 months off of his Achilles surgery. Right. As opposed to guys like KD who got 18 months. Um, so what you're saying is you are you are couching your clay hate. You're categorizing it as Bob Fitzgerald hate is what you're is actually what you're doing. Absolutely. Okay. It's it's a fit's take. I'm okay. not into lying to the fans. I just think if we can get Clay to be off of a minutes limit by the time the playoffs start, I will consider the season a success. But yeah, but I'm, that's like, why wouldn't he? I mean, assuming he he doesn't get hurt again, why wouldn't he be? That's that's isn't like, isn't that always the risk though? Reaggravation when someone has sure. the type of injuries he's had. I, I'm not worried that he doesn't know how to shoot the ball, and I'm not worried that he's not going to you know score 20 points in five minutes at some point because he can get as hot as anyone ever. Um, you, 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 ain't, you ain't lying there. But I just think that there's going to be a lot of maintenance with his health this year. That's that's just my that's my thought in terms of how it's going to play out for him. And Clay, will that, score, Clay will score 30 points in a playoff game this year. How about that? 
I like that take. I like it. And you know what? I'd love that'd be great. Let him let him maintain his body all year and then just, you know, pull it out in game six. And Bob Fitzgerald and Bob Fitzgerald will get to do the I told you so. Do you think you'll get a you think you'll get a shout on the broadcast from Fitz? He's gonna stick it in your face about how good Clay is and he told you so. All right. <laughs> We're gonna end it here. Aaron, appreciate you. My pleasure anytime. <laughs>